This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Grief is an individual journey for everyone. Depending on the loss, the grieving person's background and their individual values, it will hold different meaning. We will always hold opposing perspectives on what it means for us, like a lot of things in life. But, essentially, we don't need to search for answers. We just have to find a way to navigate through our own grief in a way that is right for us. In that, we must respect other people's beliefs too. Let's not enforce restrictions and personal beliefs onto each other. Love, respect, and understanding is what everyone needs in life, whether grieving or not. Valeria Telles interviews Karen Sutton, a grief and loss coach supporting widows. Karen Sutton is one of the UK's first grief and loss coaches to specialize in supporting those widowed early in life. She provides emotional and practical support to anyone dealing with the loss of a loved one wherever you are in your grief journey. Through her own experiences with loss, she understands how difficult it is trying to navigate your way through these traumatic life events. That's why she is passionate about helping you to look after yourself, feel more positive, take back control, and to build the life you desire. Her husband, Simon, died in September 2016 when their two girls were nine and five. Meet Karen at karensutton.co.uk. Here's the interview with Karen Sutton. In your own words, who is Karen Sutton? I am, um, first and foremost, I'm a mum to, to two young girls um, who, are, who are my absolute world and who I strive to be the best person I can be for, um, to, to help guide them in life to be the best person they can be. Um, I'm a, a daughter, a sister, a friend, and and a grief coach and I guess for me I like to live by my values I like to live a good life I like to give where I can but also make sure that I'm looking after me um, because ultimately I think we all need to do that a little bit better. That's um, something that we often don't find balance or or find to be a a challenge for some reason. Have you found the reasons for that happening? There's not loving ourselves enough. I think it's, I think it's a society thing. If I'm honest, I think we are taught to just keep going, to keep achieving, um, to not show any weakness, especially over here in, in Britain. It's that sort of stiff upper lip mentality of don't show any emotion, keep going, achieve, you, you know, go out to work, get a job, get married, have kids. Um, and, and it's, it's like, 
you've, you've almost got to justify every moment of your day and it's like a competition of who's been busier and who's achieved more right. and <laughs> <True>. <laughs> who looks better and it, and it's kind of it's okay to just stop and be in a moment and appreciate that moment and sometimes that is the greatest achievement we can give ourselves in in any day but it's not recognized um people see it as you know maybe not being productive or it's weak um and and i think it's it's a belief that needs to be changed dramatically um because people are burning out i mean look at mental health um you know anxiety depression people you know we're, we're all overweight um we're not looking after ourselves um because there's too much pressure so that that's where i think it comes from how do you define success these days karen what is to be successful to you for for me yeah. um success for me is to be a good person to be aligned with my values and live the best life that i can live for me it's all very individual we all have different desires goals outlooks and it's acknowledging that i think in in each person um but equally it's acknowledging it within ourselves you know really understanding what is important to us how we would define success and going out and and living that and trying to achieve that in, in the best way that we can and and that for me is is what I'm trying to do I I want to be a good person I want to be a good mum and I want to live a, a a good life talk to me for a moment about what does it mean to be a good person for you of course from your perspective what would that look like that for me would look like that's a very good question um to make sure that how i choose to live my life is aiding others i suppose mm. to to live a good life whether that's my children right. my friends my family my clients my followers to inspire people i suppose to to yeah. be the best that that they can be um yeah. to to look after myself to look after my children and to to give where i can to myself yeah. and to others and and not to cause harm or upset um or or stress in in anyone else's life i suppose yeah that's another idea that's really honorable and beautiful and i remember doing it trying to be that person that's always kind always patient understanding and i i was abused for many years because of it i mean not because of it i don't think but i think there's the balance right caring that's what it is Yeah, like you said, it's this giving and receiving, you're not just giving all yeah, the time. And, and I think I think we all need boundaries in place that we're not very good yeah. at putting in place. <laughs> yeah. We're not very good at saying no. We 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 That's feel true. like saying no sometimes is is taken as we're being selfish or we're not doing the best that we can do. And and it's kind of acknowledging that actually we all have boundaries and we need to put them into place and sometimes we need to say no to people and know that that's okay you, you know you're not a bad person for doing that this exact piece of boundary saying no has been a challenge for me it still is and i wonder why sometimes is that because i'm holding on to this idea of being a good person that i'm a uh, almost concerned mm. and afraid to be disliked 
by others. Do you know what? I think that's exactly... I think a lot of our, our problems come from a, a, a deep feeling of not feeling good enough. And we want to be validated as a person. We want to be accepted. We want to be liked because sometimes we don't feel that for ourselves. So we seek it from others. And our way of doing that, and, and certainly it sounds for you, your way of doing that is is to, to, to almost overcompensate in giving um, so that, you know, you feel like you're, you're pleasing other people and they like you and they accept you. Um, but sometimes we can, we can give too much of ourselves away. We compromise our, our own values, um, and, and our own boundaries. And, and then we lose sight of who we are because we're, we're too diluted because we're, we're trying to please everyone else so much. We lose our, our sense of self, and, and that's where it's really important sometimes to go, do you know what? No, actually, I, this is, I need to protect me and, and be true to myself. Do you call this a balance when we are able to do this? Sort of love ourselves yes. and others at the same time? Absolutely. Yeah. It is a balance. And and, I, and when I say balance, I don't mean 50-50. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's very different <laughs> for everyone, balance. You know, some people can, can give on a on a 70% level and just have 30% for themselves. Others can only give on a, on a you know, 40% level and, and have to keep 60% for themselves. Yeah. It's about finding your own individual balance and what works for you. In, and it's going to change in life depending on your situations and you, you, you know what's going on for you in your life as, as to how much you can give and how much you need to keep for yourself but it's learning that and it's listening to to your body and I I think that's one of the biggest things that we fail to do is listen to our bodies we are guided well by them um and we've stopped listening because we keep pushing through it because you know that's what everyone else does, right? And 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 that that's how we we should live. And our our bodies are actually really good at, at telling us where where it's too much and and where we can maybe do a bit more. I'm doing this more often now, kind of listening to the body, breathing more when I'm yeah. around people. It's that awareness, isn't it, of, of of you, of yourself, and taking that time to to really notice, you know, your your thoughts, your feelings, your behaviours, what's going on for you, and and what works and and what doesn't. Let's talk about grief for a moment. So you are a grief and loss coach and you specialize in supporting widows. So talk to me about the inspiration to become a grief and loss coach. So the inspiration, I guess, comes from my own journey. Um, my husband died suddenly in September 2016. And that took me on one hell of a journey, as you can imagine. Um, and in that journey, I, I, I just... <laughs> I, I went through such a transition and transformation and, you know, they call it post-traumatic growth, um, which certainly happened for me where I found um, a, a new appreciation for life, a deeper understanding for it. I understood myself better. I I worked on me, my values, my boundaries, um, my, my thoughts, my feelings, my behaviors, and, and took the time to understand what it is I truly valued, what I wanted out of life and how I could go about getting it. And 
you, you know, it wasn't an easy process. It was a long process. Um, I, I felt incredibly lost after my husband died. I didn't, I didn't know who I was anymore. I didn't know where I was heading. Everything around me had had changed in in such a, you know, huge way. Um, it really was a journey of self-discovery and it took me to a place where I felt more aligned and more fulfilled in my life than I ever had done in my life beforehand. And that wasn't to say I wasn't happy before I was, but I'd never, I'd never kind of invested in me and and understood who I was. And, you know, like Mm. I was just saying, we kind of go through life, we go to school, we get an education, we go to college, we, we find a job. We, you know, I became a a nurse and then a midwife. Um, you meet a man, you get married, you have children and you get a dog. And (laughs) (laughs) yes, that too. (laughs) Do you you know what I mean? And and you, you get on the hamster wheel of life. And that's great. And that works. But we spend so much of our time going around this hamster wheel, not ever really thinking about what do we desire? What what do I want to get? I mean, life is a gift, right? And I believe that it has a, a wonderful way of being more beautiful than tragic. And you know, to be here experiencing this, this planet, this earth, it is, it really is a gift. And we, I don't think we realize. Um, and, <laughs> and it's almost, we take it for granted because we just keep going and we keep achieving and we, we never stop to smell the roses, you know? Um, and, and my husband dying made me do that. And, and I, and in doing that, I thought, you know, I obviously hadn't met a lot of other widows. I was in a lot of groups and people were struggling with the, with the same thing I was. And I thought, do you know what? I, I've kind of learned all this. I, I've, I've discovered something here and I need to share it because people don't know and people are, are struggling. And one of my values is to, to do good, um, to, to be kind and, and help others. And, and I thought, did you know that maybe this is my way of, of giving back a little little bit. And, um, you know, I, I started off as a, as a sort of a breakup and bereavement coach because I wanted to help everyone and then grief and loss. And, and then I just, you know, I was attracting widows because that's my story and that's what people resonate with. And, and, you know, I've lived and breathed what I talk about. Um, and I think people really connect with that. So I decided to become the widow coach. I do help people with all forms of grief. I've helped people that have lost children come, you know, come out of marriages through divorce, parents, siblings. So, but for the most part, it's widows because that's, that's my, my story, I suppose. So that's what led me to, to doing what I'm doing now. You sound really, really strong is the word it might be the word it might not be I mean you're so uh, full of life and like you said you found this new purpose that resonated deeply with who you are and that's amazing how wonderful you sound it is amazing well, because yeah. I, I always felt that midwifery for me was my passion and I did love it. But then when I discovered this, I just felt so much more passion for it. And I thought, no, this is it. This is my calling in life almost, you know, and 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 it does. It, it fires me up. And I love talking about it. I'm so passionate about talking about grief because I don't feel it's talked about enough. It's, it's the one certainty in, in life that we're all going to be faced with at some point because we're all going to die, right? 
And, and, and I don't mean that in a miserable way. You know, I'm not a depressing, miserable person that talks about death all the time, though I do talk about it a lot. Um, but I, I think it's important that we normalize the conversation a bit more. We're not equipped enough to, to deal with loss and it causes a lot of, of problems um, and issues mentally, physically for people. And, and I want to change that. I want to bring people together and, and give people hope and strength and courage and, and self-compassion, you know, so that they can get through their journeys in, in the most positive way possible. You sound actually much, much, much better than people that I talk to, not here on the podcast, but around uh, my town that talk about life. So you're talking about yes. that, but you sound <laughs> a lot more <laughs> uplifting. So that it's is mad, interesting. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I love the topic of death, too. That's one of my favorites <laughs> for some reason. It's mad, isn't it? It's, it's weird. It's, it's why, why are you drawn to it? I, I don't know. But it's it's kind of it's just become really important to me. And, I, and you know what? I have the best conversations with people around it that they really do fire my belly and it's just it's can't describe it but I but I do I do love it talk to me for a moment about the way you describe grief that moment that traumatic moment and then the journey and then that is there an end does ever end and also the misconceptions we have about grief so grief is horrendous um you are thrown into the depths of despair um you know i have never known fear sadness pain like it um you know that minute you're told that your person has died you you you're shocked you, how you, it's the finality of it. it how can somebody be here one minute and gone the next and it we're so fragile really aren't we and and it's it's just awful and the impact that has is is huge and it and it's not you know especially when it's um like a a, a life partner or a a child you know it the secondary losses to that are huge as well. It impacts every single corner of your universe because your life as you know it has gone and you change, your outlook changes, your your life changes, sometimes your circumstances, your home, your finances, That the list goes on. Um, it's incredibly scary. It's incredibly lonely. It's incredibly hard. It's exhausting. And you know, when, when you're in it, you know, when I, when my husband first died, I, I kind of thought, okay, um, six months and I should be feeling a bit better and got to six months and I really wasn't. And people kept saying, well, you know, just get through the first year and get all those first dates out of the way. So, so I was hearing, oh, it's going to get better after a year because then I've got the, the first dates all, all out of the way. And I got to the end of the first year and I think I was expecting some epiphany or something. I was like, right, okay, well, what's going to happen now? Is this, is this just going to go away? Um, but actually what I felt was, oh my God, I am exhausted. That was awful. And I've got to do it all again. And I don't know how. Um, and in a lot of respects, my second year was worse than the first year because the reality kind of hits home. I think you're in shock initially. I think I certainly was. And and then the reality hits of your situation of, of right, okay, so this is my life. What, what now? What do I do? You know, how do I make this this work? And and all the the 
I mean, really, our our thoughts are around grief are archaic. Um, I, I'm not quite sure where they're bred from, but they are not they're not real. They're not true. And grief doesn't go away. There's no end point to it. Yes, it becomes easier, I believe. Um, it becomes a lighter load to carry. But I, but in order for that to happen, you need two things. And one is time, but time alone doesn't heal all wounds. It takes work. You've got to put the, the work in. And and I think that's the bit that people don't realize. We've you've got to you've got to work through your grief. You you can't put it away, box it up, distract yourself, busy yourself. It is there and it's to be felt and it's to be worked through. And and that's really hard. But as well as working through your grief, you've got to kind of work at recreating and reimagining a life after loss. Um, and and really, really understanding, and I and I think this is one of the biggest things actually that sort of the, the grief and the loss live side by side in in the rebuilding and the reimagining and what you go on then to to find comfort and peace and joy and love in, and and it's almost like everything becomes bittersweet, you, you know. Um, and, and in the early days that the bitter is is far heavier than the sweet. But as time goes on, you, you know, you do have more of, of the good, um, but it's always shrouded in a, in a little bit of darkness. You know, everything that you do that brings you some joy has an element of sadness, but it's OK to feel the two. It's not an either or situation. Um, it's, it's like it's the duality of it. Um, and, and people think that, well, if I go out and I have fun and I'm laughing and, and enjoying myself that means I'm no longer grieving and I don't love them anymore and no it doesn't it doesn't mean that you're never going to stop loving or grieving for your person there's nothing in the world that can take that away from you or diminish that loss you're taking your person with you you're honoring them in their life you are who you are because of them and and it's it's just finding your feet in all that and we have to unlearn everything we thought we knew and relearn a very different way and and it does it takes a long time it takes yeah. a lot of self compassion understanding and support you know i yeah. think that's one yeah. of the biggest things that that we need I love what you mentioned, which I have heard before so many times in how important this is to feel the, our feelings, not yeah. to ignore them and try to Absolutely. push them away, escape from it, numb. Yeah. It never mm. works. No, it doesn't. And we tried, and I tried so hard, you know, I kind of, I fought the changes for so long. I, I kind of, I was spending money like it was going out of fashion. I was dating anything that moved. <laughs> I was eating anything and everything. I was drinking my way through the weekends. All the, all the usual suspects, you know, of, of kind of that typical, I can't sit with this. It's too painful. But you know what? It's okay. It's okay to distract yourself. You can't sit in it permanently. And you shouldn't sit in it permanently. It's too heavy and it's it's too much. It's only so much we can take. Again, it's about balance. You, you know, we keep coming back to this balance, but find a way of, of honoring your grief, of honoring your person, showing them some love and, and connection in whatever way you need to and letting out, you know, finding a healthy way to release the emotions, but also 
giving yourself permission to distract yourself, to go and do something, to have some fun, to go on a date, to go on a holiday or work a 12 hour day if, if, if you need a break from it. But it's, it's, again, it's kind of not doing all of one and nothing of the other. And that's very unique, as you said earlier. It's not something that we can copy and paste from other people's lives, right? Absolutely. Before we talk about the five foundations for widows, talk to me about actually the free guide. Let me mention properly. Free guide, five foundations for widows discover how to go from surviving to thriving. So that's the title. Before we talk about some of the components, the five elements, um, talk to me about your services, Karen. Do you offer them online, in person? How does it work? Yes, yeah, so I do. I do it all online now because I have I have clients all over the world, um, which has been wonderful. Which has been thanks to to the pandemic. In all fairness, um, one good thing to come out of it. Um, so I offer one to one coaching. Um, you know, me and and my clients um, over Zoom. I also do group coaching, um, which is just wonderful in terms of bringing people together, um, because I do believe that together we are stronger and I'm meeting with people that understand, that get it, that, you know, want something similar. Do you know what? I just think that's where their magic happens. I really do, because just to be surrounded by people, you know, going through something uh, as you that are saying things that resonate with you, um, we we feel less alone and less isolated, and we feel validated and heard and understood, um, and that does so much for us, doesn't it? So that they're the, they're the two ways that I work. I mean, I'd love to do in person events in time, um, but you, you know, it's going to take time and pandemic allowing um, to, to do those things. But that's how I work at the moment. Okay, so that's great to know. I'll have your website link on the podcast profile too. The five elements uh, to discover the five foundations to discover this new way of living. So self-awareness, you have been talking about that, uh, which has to do with self-care. But talk to me, there's anything that you didn't mention about self-awareness, Karen, so far? I, I don't think, I think it is about understanding wh what your thoughts are, what your feelings are and, and your behaviors and really noticing, are they serving you? Because again, we, we get into bad habits. We don't talk to ourselves very kindly. We do things because we're trying to please others or we think that's what's expected of us. And it's about stopping and asking yourself the question, is this serving me? Is this helping me to get to where I want to be in life? Or is this keeping me stuck where I am? And a lot of the time, what we're doing, what we're thinking isn't serving us in any way. And it's about You, you know, you can't change it until you're aware of it and you notice it. And once you do that, you can then make the, the changes to help yourself take those steps forward. That seems even losing because it is in a way um, some sort of dying to those mm -hmm. false beliefs. Mm -hmm. It feels like it's a grief. We are going through a grief process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, doesn't it? Karen. Absolutely. You, you know, and, and grief isn't always about death, you know, right. grief, right. you grieve for something that once was that no longer is. Um, and, and that, that includes many, many things, but 
you know, our, our thoughts often cause us so much more discomfort yeah. than the actual situation because we, we place meaning on things that aren't true, yeah. but we don't question those things. So it's really important that you ask yourself, is your thought a fact? Mm. Do you know that it is 100% true? How is that making you feel? And how would you feel if you no longer had that thought? Yeah, I love that. I love the idea of reflecting throughout the day, not just as a, a like a moment in time practice once a week or so, but a, a way of living, really. Living absolutely. and dying, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So talk to me about the, um, the four next ones of taking responsibility is number two. And then number three, focusing on yourself four, understanding grief, and then five, focusing on what it is within your control. So you can talk to me about any of these, uh, any of them, or perhaps uh, summarize however you would like to uh, talk about them. Yes, I'll I'll, I'll just give a a, a quick sort of breakdown. So taking responsibility, I think, and especially for me, when you go through something through through something huge in life, you think something's going to come along or someone's going to come along and save you. And we then resent people because they're not, and we resent situations because they're not providing what we want. Ultimately, it is up to us in how we respond to any given situation. And that is our responsibility. And there's a wonderful quote that I just adore your wound is probably not your fault, but your healing is your responsibility. And I think when we understand that, we can really take responsibility for our st- for ourselves, our healing, our lives, our choices, our reactions. And that, that is when we really do take back our power um, and, and, and make better choices in, in life and, and rely less on others um, and, and external you know, sort of things that we think might might be able to help us. So that that's kind of taking responsibility, focusing on you. Again, I've I've kind of touched on it a little bit. You, you know, you really have to focus on you, on who you are, what it is you want, what you're doing, and and you know, living by that, not trying to to please everyone else, um, and and feeling that you know what's expected of you placing, you know, unrealistic expectations on yourself. Just, just do you stay in your own lane. Don't compare yourself or your situation to anyone else. This is about you, just about you. Um, understanding grief. I think again, like I say, we have so many misconceptions around grief and how we should be doing it and what's the right way. And again, expectations. And and it's, it's, it's really learning about grief and what it is, how it evolves and how best we can help ourselves through that process, because we have very, very little understanding of it. And I think we need to understand it a, a lot better. Um, and then finally, focusing on what you control. We spend so much of our time focusing on things that we have absolutely no control over whatsoever. And again, it comes back to focus on you, focus on the things you can control, you know, your reaction, your thoughts, your feelings, your behaviors, how you are towards others. 
All of that is within your control and you get to choose that. You cannot control how other people choose to respond or behave towards you. You cannot control the decisions that are made in in government or even higher than that. You can't control the pandemic. You can't control the weather. You know, so it's it's kind of working on you and, and focusing on what you can do in any situation. And again, taking back your power and doing what you can with what you've got to the best of your ability and knowing that that is good enough. For some reason, I have been really interested in the topic of unconditional self-love. When you say taking responsibility and go back to you, how you navigate through the feelings of your own feelings, what is important to you, all that kind of brings me back to that deep unconditional acceptance for self. Do you believe that this is a realistic goal to achieve if there is a destination for it? It's it's funny, isn't it? Because I think there's so many ideals out there of living a positive life and, and living a good life and, and, and loving yourself to the best. And, and even, you know, you might listen to this this podcast and think, oh, you know, she'd got it all together. She understands it. And, and that I haven't, you, you know, I kind of, I, I still make mistakes. I still eat too much some days. I still shout at my children sometimes and I don't respond in the best way. And I push myself, but it's not about being perfect. <laughs> it's about making progress. It's about being aware of what you're doing. And, and if you, if you do do something that isn't aligned with, with who you are and, and what you're trying to achieve, don't beat yourself up for it. You're human. We are human beings. We're not designed to be perfect. We're not designed to be happy all the time. We're not designed to live in a, in a state of peace and calm and elatedness. That's not, that's, we are feeling beings. Okay. And and we, we, we feel highs and lows and happies and sads. And, and sometimes we're not particularly kind to ourselves. And But that's okay. The point is that when you aren't doing what you know works well for you, just say, that's okay. I, I kind of, I didn't do that really well. I'm going to try better tomorrow. And, and just that that self-compassion, that understanding, and again, not comparing, you know, not looking at someone else and thinking, oh, God, she's got it all together. I, I should be like that. It, it's, it's not true. It's not real life. And, and if anyone tells you that, you know, they're always happy and they're always caring for mm. themselves and, and they, they, you know, they never shout at their children. Well, quite frankly, I would say they're probably not telling the truth. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's just you've got to you've got to be yeah. true to yourself. You've got to be authentic. Yes. yes. And 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 that's just kind of where I sit on it. So no, I'm I'm mm. not. I don't get it all right all the time. I wish I did. Um, but what I do do is when I don't get it right, I, I kind of lean on people for support. I talk about what I'm going through and I just I just pull myself back where I can and, and, and try and improve and learn, you know, why did I do it that way? What what made me go down that rabbit hole and right. and, and tr- try and, you know, change it next time? That's what it is, really. Mm. Everything that you talked about really resonates as unconditional love mm. yeah. because it's the acceptance to you, life, others, the way they are at this moment, yes. <laughs> just being yes. fine with it. If we have to shout, if we have, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it is. It's okay. You know, it's just, it's life. Right. And, and we, we, you know, we just have to go with what we, 
what we know and, and what we do and, and learn from it and grow through these things. And I think that's what life is all about. We, we never stop growing. We never stop learning. We're always evolving. And that's the beauty of it. So uh, we're almost at the end and um, I have one more topic. There's something that I, I interviewed someone yesterday, no, the day before, about grief. And he had a quote that I wanted to read for you because kind of made sense to me. Written by somebody who is unknown. It says, grief never ends, but it changes. It is a passage, not a place to stay. Grief is not a sign of weakness, nor a lack of faith. It is the price of love. Does it make sense to you? This It quote? does, because without love, there's, there's no grief. Is there? Yeah. Um, right. And 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 yeah. exactly that. And you know, they, people say that you know, grief is our love with nowhere to go. Um, which you know, I actually believe our our love, we can still show it as as we move through the the passage of grief, and it does you know, change and evolve, but that's ultimately what it is, but it's finding your way of still showing that love to your person and honoring them in, in their life. Um, and, and doing that in your way and what is meaningful to you. And I think it is learning that, that provides us with some peace and some comfort moving forward. But ultimately, it is love because without it, there would be no grief. The last topic, because I read this on your blog and I really, this is an interesting topic, important mm. one, I would say. How do we talk to children about death? Yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it, with, with children and, you know, having to tell your children that one of their parents has died is, is just awful. I think really when you're talking to children, I think you have to be honest and open at a at a, a Uh, you know, in a place that's age appropriate. Um, and you will know that as a parent in, in how you talk to your children, but be honest, be open, tell them how you feel because you will normalize what they're feeling. It's very, very hard to explain grief to anyone. You know, I, I struggled in the early days to, to put into words what I felt. So there was no way in the world I could expect my children to tell me how they were feeling. Um, so it, it's kind of, it's just keeping that open dialogue. They, you know, they will jump in and out of, of grief very differently to, to how adults do, but provide that space for them, hold that space for them, know that it's there. They can come to it whenever they want, that you are there. They can talk to you. And, and do you know what? Listen We're not very good at listening, and this goes for children and adults. You don't have to solve people's problems all the time. You can just hold them and and listen and just say, I'm here, I'm listening, I'm going to walk with you whilst we figure this out together. And, and, and sometimes that's all they want. They want to be heard, just like adults do, and love them and nurture them and, and just lead by example. You know, children learn... <laughs> from what they observe and what you do, not what you say. Um, so if you say to them, talk to me, tell me what's going on, you know, cry, you can let your emotions out, but the whole time you're kind of holding it all together. You never show any emotion and you, you're trying to be really stoic and brave all the time. They, they're going to follow that. So, you, you know, do practice what you preach, I suppose, and, and just be authentic, Be open and, and let them know that you, that you are there for them and that anything and everything they're feeling is, is okay. It's allowed.
Yeah, and what a beautiful point about listening, offering this space for others to be themselves. Mm, we're terrible why are we so bad yeah. at it you know yes. i always say yeah. to people you know when we when we're having a conversation we're, we're listening to respond we're not listening to hear yeah. and and i think that's really important you don't have to say something all the time it's okay to say i don't know what to say but i'm here you, you know you don't have to to fill gaps with, with empty comments or, or silver linings or platitudes. It's it's just say, I'm here and I'm listening and hold someone and, and be silent. Silence is a wonderful thing. It really is. And you don't have to fill that gap. You don't have to fill it. And it seems like we are uncomfortable with silence. That's, Very, right? aren't we? we? Yeah. And I think it's become worse because you've got phones all the time and <laughs> yeah. the radio and yeah. podcasts <laughs> and music and people just, oh, I, mean, I just love, I love going out. My One of the biggest things I just adore doing is walking in nature by myself. Uh, just the silence is wonderful. It's so healing and so soothing. So we're almost at the end again, Karen. I'll, I'll go forever with you here because I love <laughs> I your presence. You. <laughs> yeah. um, would you like to add anything before I ask you my final questions? I think, you know, if, if you are grieving, um, I think what's a couple of wonderful things to do is at the end of every day, write down three things that you have been able to do in your day that you have achieved, that you are proud of, that you are happy with, because we're very focused on what we haven't done all the time. And I think it's really important to recognize what we do do. And it may be as simple as you literally got up and had a shower. You may have eaten a meal. You may have been out for a walk. It doesn't have to be a big thing because when you're grieving, the small things become big things. Notice them. And find a way of sending your person who died love, connect with them, you, you know, find find a way of honoring their life, of, of continuing that relationship. They may not be here in the physical sense, but you are going to love them forever. You are never going to stop that. So find your way of honoring that, of showing that love so that you have a way of, of releasing it still, because it's not what we let out that causes us harm. It's what we keep inside. And it's really important that we find ways of, of letting out what is within. Yeah, I heard that before many years ago that depression is the opposite of expression. Yes. Right? Yeah. Kind of makes yes. sense too. That way. does make a lot of sense. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's good. So my final question is to you. Let me see. I'll ask you these two questions. If you knew you would die soon, meaning leaving the body, losing the body, would you make any change or do anything in a different way? Um, I probably would, I would I would spend time with my children unconditionally. Yeah. And yeah. I think that would, that would be what I would change. Um, I don't have the balance perfectly right there because I love what I do so much. I can throw myself into it a bit too much. <laughs> um, and, and I really, you know, and I, I don't want that to, so, so it's something I, I kind of am working on anyway in life. But I think if I knew that, you know, I was going to leave this earth soon, that 100% I would just want to go and have the best time 
with my children, create some memories, um, let them know how loved and wonderful they are and that they have to go forward and embrace life and make the best of, of whatever it is they are given in that in that time. It, the interesting thing about life is that we don't know when that will happen. We don't. That moments no. that we won't be here anymore. So it's a good reflection to have, right, Karen? It so is. It is. Yeah. My last question to you is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? Three things I know about life for sure. Um, one is it, it's a gift. You know, I, I, the chances of any of us being here, when you think of, of how we come about with the sperm and the egg, you know, what are the chances of, of you becoming a person? Um, so it's an absolute gift. And I, th I think I've, I've completely learned that. I've learned that we are not perfect, um, that we are feeling beings and that as long as we are trying our best, that is good enough um, and, and not to strive for perfection. And, and I think, what else have I learned about life? What do I know for sure about it? I think that love and connection actually is the most important thing in life to surround yourself by people that are your people that love you you love them unconditionally they nurture you support you and and vice versa and i think that is the greatest gift in life if i'm honest what can i say you sound like best friend anybody could ever wish oh, for bless you. <laughs> you do <laughs> like oh my god who would love to have her as a friend uh, yeah, that's yeah. my friends are sick of me honestly they're like, oh. oh karen stop <laughs> oh i don't think so yeah <laughs> wise loving i mean you're just beautiful thank you karen again oh, for being thank here. you for having me it's been a pleasure thank you so much and before we say goodbye where can we find more information about you your work services and future projects so I have a website, um, karensutton.co.uk. I am also on Instagram and Facebook at Karen Sutton Widow Coach. Um, so you can contact me via um, my website or via social media. I would, I would love to hear from you. Wonderful. Thank you so much again. And we'll talk soon. Lovely. Thank you. Bye for now, Karen. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Karen Sutton and her work, please visit karensutton.co.uk. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.